Welcome to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. John Hennigan here and Frank Salas. Uh, uh, you're a bit under the weather, Frank, so I appreciate you helping out today. No problem whatsoever. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Where do we start? You know, let's start off, uh, first of all, uh, we put together a real fun trip to Alaska for Ketchikan. And the place that we go, I've been going there for years and years. And the reason I keep going back is it, you know, it's just, it's got, it's got the best of everything. And the price is unbelievable. There's nothing else like it. I keep looking around and I never find anything close. But uh, it's uh, five nights. That's four full days fishing. They've just got some brand new um, covered boats that uh, have 150 horse. The ones they've been using for years are 90 horse. So these boats are a little bit wider and deeper, you know, and a lot more comfortable with 150 horsepower. And then, of course, what you would expect with all of your gear, all of your food, uh, all of everything. And we just show up at the Ketchikan Airport, and everything's taken care of. And they pick us up and everything, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, we're looking at 18, We're just trying to figure that out. But uh, considering the upgrade in the boats and such, it's the same price it was three years ago. That's really good. And uh, the problem we're having is that we've adjusted the dates because, believe it or not, they're almost full. Uh, well, those prices, they, you know, they'll fill yeah, up. Yeah, they fill. After the first couple of shows, they'll fill up. Oh, I thought they'd fill up by now, really. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, again, you know, July may seem like a ways away, but it doesn't. And you want to make sure they have limited airfare and, you know, it's not a real popular spot. So to get the flights that you want, you need to book them. Book real early. And we also need a deposit. And that's, uh, you can reach me at john at fishtalkradio.com. would be an easy one to do it. Uh, or just go to the website. But uh, we're, we haven't posted that trip yet. Yeah. Anyway, um, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that some more. And we're going to start off, as promised, we've got an ice fisherman from Minnesota that's going to give us a clue why we should be doing that. We'll be right back with you. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio and enjoy the great outdoors. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and pargo. The Van Wormer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we also have Frank on the line, and we have a special guest. Uh, if you've been listening to us for a while, you've probably heard John um, come on again. And I, 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 it's Kurkowski, right, John? That's close enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, John is he's a singer, songwriter. Uh, he has an excavating company. But apparently his passion is ice fishing, believe it or not. Well, let's say in the winter, because I have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just said something about you're making ice. What does that mean? Well, that means it's cold enough to make ice. You know, uh, well, you'd have to put a hose on the water or something? Or what do you mean? Well, we didn't have enough ice to get on the lakes here three weeks ago. And, you know, it was an inch and a half to three inches deep, the thickness of the ice. And we actually had quite a few people that went through the ice with vehicles. I don't know if they got the cement for brains or what. But, yeah. you know, you don't want to drive, uh, take a, in fact, there was a guy, he called me and he says, there's a guy pulling a 20-foot fish house and he's got a three-quarter ton truck and he's on six inches of ice. We need at least 12 to 15. Yeah. You know, you're going to pull a 6,000-pound uh, truck on the, drive it on the ice. And wow. it's very, it's very expensive getting them out. Uh, yeah, you would just wait until the spring, huh? Well, no, they, they actually get them out before that. But they well, I don't know how many stories I've heard about people driving out on the ice and then, uh, yeah, in their, in their truck, and it's uh, glug glug glug. I'm sure this is an old story, supposedly true, about a couple of guys that went out ice fishing, and guys got a brand new uh, three quarter ton truck and rig and a camper on the back. 
and uh, they had plenty of ice. If they drive out there, and he brought his dog with him, you know, his retriever. So, you know, they threw a few sticks and stuff. The dog goes and gets it and brings it back. And these guys had this bright idea. They thought, well, you know, we could spend all this time with an auger, or we can just throw a stick of dynamite out there. Uh, so they decided to do that. So they, sure, you know, they lit the dynamite and threw it out, and I just skidded and went quite a ways out. And they're just sitting there waiting for the hole to show up. And the dog sees that uh, uh, stick going <laughs> going out across the, the water, so he runs out and grabs it and starts and wants to bring it back. He's retrieving it. And the guys are going, no, no, no. They're trying to shoo him away. They finally start shooting at it. The dog got scared and ran into the truck. Hey, smart dog. <laughs> well, guess what? Guess what? Gets what happened after that? Yeah, I'm sure there wasn't much left. They had a truck at the bottom of the lake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I would think that. I, you know, I suppose that's possible, but I don't know too many guys that carry dynamite. So, yeah. You don't do much fishing, do you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's, well, that's how I learned to fish. <laughs> yeah, well, years ago, we used to take a silver flute and tie it to can opener and throw that down in the water. When you had your old beer wrenches, we called them. Yeah. You know, we tape it to the silver salute. That was a stick of dynamite. And you can get some fish that way. But I haven't done that for a long time. Uh. I don't want to get caught doing it anymore anyway. I was young and foolish then. Uh, yeah, it's like the uh, the other guy that had a a, 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 a great idea. Now, when fishing game, when they go out and retrieve fish, what they do is they'll stick a little probe in the water uh, with an electrical charge that stuns the fish and brings them up, and then they go out and harvest them. Um, well, this guy thought, well, I've got an idea. Um, let me try that. So he wades out in about three feet of water uh, with his uh, 220 current and sticks the ends of it in the water. And guess what? <laughs> Charge, got a charge, huh? Yeah, you got a charge out of that one. I do know, uh, I knew this guy years ago, and he was fishing by some other guys. They were spear fishing. He mm-hmm. got a three foot by three foot hole, and you hang a decoy down, you wait for these big northerns to come in. Yeah. But his do- he had a muskrat swim by the hole. Well, the dog dove in the lake. Oh, no. And went after the muskrat, but he came up somebody else's hole. Oh. And other guys, and the guy almost had a heart attack. He <laughs> actually ran through it. Back then, he didn't have a. He had just plywood like plywood houses. He actually pushed the wall out, trying to get away. He was so scared because he didn't know what the hell. <laughs> the hell that was coming out of the hole in the ice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the dog come up and he said it was Gasper Ferrer. He thought it was a some kind of lake monster or something. <laughs> <laughs> but the, we've got good ice now, and if people, you know, if you rent a house, I gotta break up Minnesota a little bit. There's so many resorts here that rent fish houses, and they're on good safe ice. They give you a ride out there. And or you can take a snowmobile, rent snowmobiles, go out there. There's many of them that rent it, and they you can they've got them on good fishing holes. You can go out and catch a limit of walleye in an hour, or panfish. Uh, it's uh, there's places all over the state of Minnesota you can do that. Well, when they when you put a hole in the ice, you know normally you use an auger to drill down through it. You see from six to two feet. Um, does that how long does that hole stay there? Oh, if you get a house, uh, the hole stays there all the time. I mean, but if you walk away, if it's out in the cold, if you're fishing outside, that hole freezes up, you know, depending on the temperature, generally within a few hours, you know, yeah. it'll get ice on it. And, you know, but the fisher, I haven't been out this year. I, I had a good old uh, blue bug that's go, going around, and, mm-hmm. and I got a sick mother, so I was in the hospital. So I've been kind of busy here, and hopefully I can get out next week. 
and get on the ice. And we didn't have good ice here for so long. Generally, I could go ice fishing for years. I went to, on around Thanksgiving. Well, we just got ice about uh, good ice about two weeks ago. Now, the uh, I don't know if we should touch on it now, but I know in the past you talk about an ice fishing festival that they have out there. Oh, yeah, and they're going to be wild on that this year. Uh, last year, some were canceled because we didn't get good ice. They need 16 inches of ice because the one like they get, the, the one like they had, you know, they'll get up 15,000 people. You know, they drill uh, 20,000 holes. So, you know, I always said it's like a smorgasbord. Can you imagine 20,000 lines hanging down for fish? They got, it's a smorgasbord for them. Wow. And how far they spread out? They go like every 20 feet or something? No, the holes are eight feet apart, and they just all which ways, you know. So uh, this year they'll be, uh, the, the DNR makes them, won't give them a permit for it unless they get 16 inches ice. And I don't think they'll have any trouble with, oh, last week we had 20 below, and that's pretty cold out. Uh, no, it's pretty cold out anywhere. 20 below, my God. Well, you guys are supposed to be having some storms back there, uh, too, aren't you? Not here. You know, we barely farther get snow. East, farther east? Yeah, it's further east, south and east. They're catching it on the coast more. But uh, it's uh, only two degrees here now, so it's it's not real pleasant out there, you know. And it's not bad because the wind isn't blowing. we got real light winds today. But if it's a zero out and you got a 20-mile-an-hour wind, it's not very nice on the lake. Well, do people still go out in pup tents and go out there and dig a hole and sit there? You know, there's a few guys. Uh, even I'll do that. I'll just drive the pickup out in the lake and I'll fish out of the door sit there and oh. <laughs> you know uh, sometimes when I'm searching for them or I just want to try a different lake if they're driving on it you know I'm real uh, uh, cautious on the lake I'm the last one to start driving on it and the first one to quit you yeah. know well, I got a question for you. When you're out there sitting around, probably not to do, and you know, if you like to have a cold brew, do you take an ice chest with you, or do you, what do you? How do you keep your beer cold? You open the door, or you just uh, <laughs> uh, have a. They got these latch cover hole covers. You know, plenty. A lot of the houses have extra hole covers, so yeah. you cut a hole. You just set it on the ice. If you got if you got warm beer and you're out ice fishing, that's your fault. Yeah, I don't know how did you, how did you manage that. You must have been sitting on it. Yeah, that's about the only way. And, you know, because in these houses, they're so comfortable. I usually sit there in just a short sleeve shirt and fish inside mm-hmm. the house. So, they're, you know, usually get them whatever you want, 70, 80 degrees. In fact, I had a friend who just bought the, another one and uh, traded his old, I think he had a 16-footer, and he bought a 22-footer now. And, you know, he's probably got 20,000 20, for it. I got a question for you. Sure. What's the three main fish you target in ice fishing? Uh, well, you know, our filet mignon up here of fish is walleye. Yeah. And then I guess I, I got to say sunfish and crappie or uh, in northern. You know, we get pretty good-sized northerns up here in a lot of lakes. And uh, we got muskies up here, too. But, uh, you know, so the guys, if you're fishing muskie or, in, or northern, you're in the same general area for... Uh, Northern or muskies, both pretty much the same area. But walleye is uh, um, number one catch. Yeah, well, guys, we're going to have to take a three-minute break, but we're going to come back, and we've got a lot of fishing to cover. I'd like to find out a little bit more about technique and, uh, you know, first of all, why would you want to sit, you know, with the pole in your hand, you know, and uh, waiting for a tug. We'll be right back with you. You're listening to Fish Hunt Off Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. One leg, 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 one leg,
The best wing shooting is in Nayarit, Mexico. It's absolutely incredible and is only $2,650 U.S. per person. Includes four nights lodging, three days hunting, all meals, non-alcoholic beverages, transportation, bird boys, cleaning and packing of all birds. You'll even be provided, free of charge, a quality shotgun over and under or automatic, either a Beretta or Browning, three cases of shotgun shells, even the tips are included. Bird season starts soon, so book your adventure today. Contact support at thegrizgear.com. That's support at thegrizgear.com. Or call 434-953-8598. That's 434-953-8598. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Let me tell you about a fantastic boutique hotel on Mag Bay called the Mangrove Inn, located on the estuary in Lopez Mateos. This unique hotel will connect you with nature. The whale watching is incredible. They have the best onshore and offshore fishing guides and even bird watching guides. And the estuary fishing. You can even kayak fish the estuaries right from the hotel. The chef will even cook your catch. Check it out at mangroveinbaja.com or call 434-953-8598 to book your adventure. That's 434-953-8598. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and Frank, of course. And we have John Kurkowski on the line with us, uh, who's an avid ice angler, and he's just getting ready to go out next week, I guess, uh, where the ice is getting thick enough that he can drive out there. Uh, a couple of questions. Now, I can understand why people from Minnesota would go to Baja, but why would somebody from California go to Minnesota to go ice fishing? We, well, I think every fisherman understands that, though. When the fish are biting, you don't matter where it doesn't matter where it's at. You, you know, if you're an avid fisherman, I think you just love to catch fish. Yeah, and that's all we got here. Well, and it I does sound like an experience. I got to say that. I, I think because it's comfortable with the newer houses 
and you don't have to, you know, a lot of these houses that they rent out, um, they got the rods and reels, the bait they bring out for you. It's They make it really comfortable. You sit in the house, 70, 75 degrees, whatever you want it, and they got beds in them and bunks in them. They got cooking stoves. They got, fur, you know, the furnace, the whole ball of wax. Some of you actually have a fireplace in them. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the comforts of home, and you can sit there and... Uh, you know, a lot of it's camaraderie with your friends. And and you just put a hole in the middle of the of the house and sit around it? Oh, yeah. they or sit on the couch? Yep. Everybody's, you know, they actually got alarms if you get a bite. Uh-huh. So they got these all set up. You know, you got rattle reels. So it pulls down and gets a reel moving and a bell will rattle in there. So they make it very, it's very, very comfortable. And, and if you want, you can go stand on the ice if you want. You know, we got we got guys they call trolling. They troll in the winter, and they troll go drill. Well, they actually go and drill 30, 40 holes, and they oh. run hole the hole as a school moves. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there's so many guys that use electronics. I use electronics, two flasher units, because they work through the ice. You can locate fish through uh, oh. the ice. Oh. So you can like locate the schools, or you can locate the, you know, and you follow the graphs, you, you kind of. The uh, lake maps uh, with Navigator I use, and and you can see where the bars are and the rocks. Well, depth. now, do you go to an area you just drop it in the water, or do you do you know do you fish structure? Do you fish the bottom? Oh yeah, yeah, I fish the structure, fish the bottom for walleyes especially. You want the structure, and you know you can you can see the fish on the locator. I mean, I've watched uh, for panfish. I've watched the fish. Uh, and learn when I fish crappie, a panfish, you put it three feet above their head, and you can watch them come right up to it you yeah. know, on the graph. So it's, if you hold it in front of their nose, they won't do nothing. You put it three feet above their head or two, and they'll come right up for it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and one thing, we get a lake here, they call it parnapulous fishing. We got some shallow lakes here, and if we get a lot of snow, there's no oxygen, so it calls, they call it a freeze-out. And you go out and cut a hole, and you put an outboard motor on it, on a ladder, and you let this hole get 20 feet around or 10 feet around, and the fish come right up, and you take them out with dip nets. Wait a minute. So you cut a hole in the ice, put an outboard motor in the hole. Is that what you mean? Yep, and let it churn the water till it opens the hole way up, big hole, because the fish come right up to the top because they're starving for oxygen. Oh, so and, that aerates the water. Yep, and uh, I've actually seen guys fill pickups full. Of, of the rough fish, they mm-hmm. take them home and you know to farms and they feed them to their pigs or whatever. Hmm. You know, so I, I've been uh, a few of them. Usually they go in and sane them. They sane all the good uh, fish out, but these are, they can't get them all. So, but the rough fish they leave. So, a rough you know. fish that's just trash fish or what? Yeah, well, your bullheads and your carp and pearl. Oh, yeah, you know they take their real uh, most. They try to get most of the game fish out of it and put them in another lake. And that's if the lake's deep enough and spring-fed, you don't have that problem. But shallower lakes with a lot of snow so the sunlight can't get through to create the oxygen on a plant growth. That's Oh, so you get snow on top of the ice, and that blocks the sun from going through the ice. Yeah, and it's tough fishing. I've been on a lake, actually, myself, when we had three feet of snow on it, and you drill a hole, and the water shoots up two feet in the air. Oh, no. Till, because of the weight of the snow on the, yeah, till on it the pressurizes ice. it. Yeah. And you can't fish too long usually because the water gets two foot deep and you got to get the heck out of there because if it's slushy snow, you can't really go through much with a vehicle. So, yeah. You know, I've actually had the house freeze down with a foot and a half ice in it. Freeze down? Yep. The, couldn't get water, in or out? 
yep, the water came up when you're gone and and it uh, froze in the house. Uh, so we used to chisel it out, and then we take a deer rifle and shoot about six times in the bottom of the floor, and it jars it loose so you can lift the fish house out. Oh, no. So I, many years ago, they had a problem in Mille Lacs Lake. Cars got stranded out there, and they actually had hundreds of cars froze right in the lake. Or on top of the lake, though. Yeah, on top of the lake, yep. And they had to chisel them out, and uh, they some old Vietnam veteran had a helicopter, and he was charging, I think, $1,000 to lift them off and carry them to shore. Yeah. But they were pretty beat up by then. By the time you chisel them out, it's hard to get all the ice out from the frames without doing damage. So. Mm-hmm. But it's a great sport, you know, and if, you're, if you love fishing, fishing, I don't think, you know, you see people stand out in summer and storms and yeah. lightning and everything else. So uh, I guess that's where we were. fisherman doesn't let the cold stop him. I guess that's where we were born, <laughs> what kind of fishing we love, huh? Yeah, you want to look at the people in Alaska. You know, they fish in the ice all the time in Canada. They, they get a lot more ice fishing than we do here, so, yeah. I think fishing's fishing. If you love it, you'll, especially as comfortable as it's gotten over the last uh, 20 years. Well, it would be a, it would be an adventure. So if you're looking to, for different things to do and different places to go, the way you describe it, it sounds like it might be kind of fun. And you can just uh, go to a lodge and uh, check in, and they get everything all set up for you? All set up for you. You can take a snowmobile out. Then there's so many things to do. A lot of people go out in a snowmobile, and they'll ski and you know, we watch snowmobile races. We have a lot of uh, snowmobile races here in the summer. So there's a lot of things to do in the winter besides fish. But, the, the, you know, there's the lakes, uh, I just went by a small lake today, and there was probably about 25 fishes out there, fish houses out there. And that's not very many. You know, when you, uh, I would imagine another week, there might be 100 out there. Mm-hmm. And that was a small lake. Up north, I'm going to say you probably got some lakes with two, 300 houses on it already. So... It's a big sport up here for, and like I said, it's uh, up here. We're so used to the, we get used to the cold, so we and we want to fish. So it's, it's a pretty big sport. Up here. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It would take a lot to get get uh, through to the hose. But you know, when you're skiing, you get cold. But you know, you got the clothes for it. So I assume that, you know, part of the problem is that, you know, when you're skiing, it's cold. But you know, there's. Um, you're moving and you're working, so you stay warm. But when you're just sitting there in the cold, that's the fire sounds pretty good. Oh yeah, it's a, like I said, a, um, it's a good relaxer and for the guys to get away. And a lot of gals love the ice fishing too, so you see a lot of. And you know, you actually sometimes you'll see more fish houses on a lake in the winter than you do boats in the summer. Hmm. You know, I mean, most of these boat lakes around here, you don't see uh, two, three hundred boats at one time, and you'll see cars up the wazoo. Well, when you get you get ten, fifteen thousand people to ice fishing contest, that's a lot of people. And the one they stand outside, you can't even take use a house. Oh, it's in, in the uh, in the in the contest. Yep, you have to stand right outside. Yeah. Uh, and I actually was on one, and it was uh, zero degrees and 30-mile-an-hour wind, and it was standing out there. Whoa, yeah, it would be. Uh, you know, you yeah, didn't turn your head what because it was let, snowing. Let, let, let's talk real quickly about the gear that you use, you know, aside from the warm clothing. And I'm sure you've got some ideas on that about layered and using uh, wool and, you know, insulation down. But uh, what about the gear that you use for catching fish? Well, these it's a, a spinning reel they use an open face 
and a lot of guys use and they got bobber stops on them if you use a bobber a lot of guys don't use bobbers they just grab fish and so they you know see the fish and you can actually put the bait right by them so mm-hmm. and some guys will just use a um, stringer they call them jiggle sticks that just wraps up on a stick uh, you know it's no uh, nothing closed because and everybody depending what you fish you know i usually use a eight or ten pound test line on a walleye oh so you uh, can actually just take a tie the end tie the line to the end of a stick and just jiggle it up and down yep a lot of guys that's what they can yeah i guess i wrote the song i'm a jigger because if i go out a lot of times for fan fish i jig well let's stick the end of that stick I, I know you don't have your guitar with you but can you give us an idea of the song well, the jigging one, it was, I'm going to jig me up a walleye from the bottom of the lake, and I'm not going to tell you what I use for bait. I'm a jigger. I'm the best jigger around. You know, and that song almost didn't get on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because I had to use the word jigger, and, and oh. it, it's not a bad word. It's just all no. about fishing. So. Jigging John, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what my uh, tag is, so jigging John. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Frank, do you have any more questions about ice fishing in Minnesota? Yeah, I got one more. How do you do your uh, walleye? What's cornmeal flour? What do you use? Or uh, just a a batter mix? Uh, Actually, a lot of us use uh, uh, just certain jigs. A lot of guys use jigs and um, maybe shaped like a minnow. So they well, he's talking about after you put it in the boat, what you or in the house. Oh, what the, oh yeah. for eating. Oh, I, <laughs> some people use beer batter. I just like the old fish batter and a flour and some seasoning on it. Uh, you just can't beat a walleye. I guess I've never baked it. A lot of people bake it. I like fried fish. You know, I've deep fried it. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's a nice white fish. It's a nice texture to it and tasty as hell. Hmm. Is there a lot of bones? It seemed to me I remember. No, walleye, you play a walleye, there's no zero bones. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and up here when they sell it in the stores, it goes for 12 bucks a pound, so mm-hmm. it's, not a, it's not a cheap fish. It's mm-hmm. a, just a great eater, but the elusive and most hard one to catch. But if you get, you know, um, I'm just learning all the time on walleye, so yeah. getting better at it all well, we're getting we're getting close on time. If there's any information you want to give out, I, I know that uh, guiding is not what you do, but uh, you've certainly got an idea of how to do it. Yeah, and the best thing to do is, uh, for anybody who wants to come fishing in Minnesota, is use the Internet and find a place that rents houses because they'll take you out to a good spot and it'll be safe. And usually there's... Uh, motels or whatever right. boats, you know wherever okay. you want to stay and it's a very enjoyable thing and there's plenty of things to do and okay. a, lot of people, a lot of people fish all night so now for the next three months or so okay thanks John Lake Cabot won seventh place in America's top 100 family-friendly places to boat and fish. The lake is in the Bay Area, only 45 minutes away from San Francisco. This scenic destination boasts over a dozen hiking and biking trails, trophy-sized fish, boat rentals, Bay Area kayak tours, and a picturesque eating area at the Surprisingly Delicious Cafe. Tell them John Hennigan sent you, and they'll even give you a special gift on California parks. Visit LakeCabotRecreation.com for information. That's LakeCabotRecreation.com. 
If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan along with Phil Salas. We appreciate that. And we have someone very special I enjoy talking to when we get the opportunity. Uh, we're talking about ice fishing in Minnesota. Well, this is a little bit different. We're going to be in a little bit warmer water. Uh, Phil is uh, probably a premier expert on Cuba, uh, the island, the people, and, of course, the fishing. So Phil, and there, it doesn't include. There's no ice fishing there, John. No, no, no. <laughs> no as I said, would either be sitting on the ice or uh, uh, off the Baja in uh, warm water. I think I'll go for the latter. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's a little chilly in Florida right now, where I am right now. But there's nothing like uh, what they've got up north for sure. Yeah. Well, I know you guys have had some weather, but Florida is an interesting place. It's uh, basically just a big sandbar. And, the, <laughs> it, well, it is. I mean, I think the highest elevation in all of Florida is like 170 feet. You know, we've got sandbars yeah, bigger than that's that. Yeah, that's, that's close to Georgia, actually. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it is. It, with a good high tide, it's they're finding out it's it's not as high as um, it should uh, be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's they, why, like Cuba, Cuba, I've got mountains. I've got plenty of elevation there. You well, do you, see, about the, you yeah. see houses built on sticks and uh, in the, um, the high rises where they don't use the ground floor? <laughs> that was the problem they had in the Keys. That's what got wiped out down there. Um, you know, my old hometown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I encourage anybody that, that's ready to go fishing to go on down to Key West. They're up and, and running, for, going for business. But uh, they suffered tremendously down there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was there just a month or two ago. There was a, p- a pretty bad uh, hurricane that went through there. Very bad. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. F- category four. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah it, if you were a trailer anywhere between Marathon and Key West, you were in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tie it, it down. Did not take time to the trailers. Yeah, I bet you got a lot of tin roofs flying around. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's a great it's a great time. Also, it's a great time here to be in Cuba too. The south side of Cuba is just absolutely from January, February, and March is just like the Garden of Eden. Um, you mentioned our school was a pot of swamp. We're um, concentrating on an area which is the largest conservation area in the Caribbean. This pot of what they call Zinaga Zapata, this pot of swamp, and it's roughly twice the size of the Everglades. Whoa. And has um, yeah has fresh water, salt water, brackish water environments, uh, beautiful pristine rivers, um, just really untouched area. And it's only two and a half uh, hours from Havana, which makes it very very um, convenient for people who you know, visitors. Well, if um, someone's going to visit down there, they they're interested in that. What do they get a lodging in the city, or do they is there places they can stay near the the preserve? Oh, no, there's uh, uh, Playa Larga, which is this beautiful little beach. Both Playa Larga and Playa Jaron are beautiful little beach towns on the Bay of Pigs. Mm-hmm. And um, they're youth hostels, not youth hostels, but bed and breakfast in Paladars, private restaurants are abundant, and they're very good. It's one of my favorite spots. Now, um, the, uh, just a, you don't want to spend a whole show on it, but um, with the... Uh, Castro loosening the power where everything, actually 100% of everything was owned by the government. Um, and they're starting to see some free enterprise. Do you want to comment on that, about some of the restaurants and some of the things that are coming about? Well, it's like we were talking earlier. The uh, American influence, um, after Obama took steps to open it up, the last year, this is 2017, uh, there were over half a million uh, American tourists that visited Cuba. Uh, to give you an idea, the year before it was less than 200,000. So, and the American tourists have a tendency to stay in these paladars, which are, or casticulars, which are private bed and breakfast, and eat in the paladars, which are private restaurants. And they are absolutely the, the best boon for the Cuban people right now. Um, they're privately owned, the people pay taxes, but the money goes directly to the people so that they can, Cuba's finally generating what we would call a somewhat of a middle class. Uh, unfortunately, the new administration's rules are going to hurt the paladars, these small entrepreneurs, um, worse than any, any, any anybody else. Um, so they're, they're taking quite a little shot from that, but we'll see how it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's still enough American tourists. American people want to be in Cuba so that we can um, carry on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to stop the flood. It's like if the Cubans want to be in Florida, it's kind of hard to stop them all. Well, that ceased uh, this last few months for the first time 
in 50 years they've intercepted. I think they intercepted one Raptor. Yeah. Uh, that was it. <laughs> so that's no longer an avenue of escape. But um, Cuba's got a lot of. It's, it's gone through a lot of changes and go through a lot more. It's become much more visitor friendly in just in the last three years, now, and much more. Again, from what I understand, technically you're still not supposed to visit Cuba, but there's so many uh, exceptions that it's not difficult to do. Yeah, and you absolutely have to um, get aligned with someone. For instance, uh, I am the conservation captain for Cuba for the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust, which is an organization in Florida. We've been doing business with Cuba for the last decade. Um, we, we do a lot of uh, DNA sample collecting, and, and which lead to fish counts as well. So uh, that's one way to get down there. Uh, under our program, you can go down and fish or dive either one and be totally covered. Mm-hmm. Um, the main thing is that you have to maintain an itinerary, and that itinerary you have to keep a record of it for five years. It's just a little bit of paperwork, but it's 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 worth it to get to go to Cuba. So they want to know who you're seeing and what you're doing. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's it's we have we have a general basic basic itinerary, which is very easy to adhere to because it involves fishing and talking about fishing. <laughs> Now, the fishing down there, is it all done offshore? Um, now, there's some good lake fishing, too. In fact, I just just before I left in uh, June, I was back, and it's also in areas in Zapata. And it's an uh, area that where uh, Castro was going to dig a bunch of drainage canals, and he, he stopped about mid, about the, the first quarter of the way through. He, came, he stopped and realized he couldn't do it. But he inadvertently connected a bunch of lakes and bayous, with um, uh, and and struck a couple of deep water springs and created a beautiful clear water uh, freshwater reserve that runs for miles. That's well, really gorgeous. I understand. You know, Castro, in spite of everything, uh, he was very big on preserves. The only problem he was the only one allowed to go there. But uh, <laughs> very uh, true. There, there, there is, but there is a lot of uh, beautiful uh, uh, natural inhabited uh, land down there, right? Yeah, you, it's roughly twenty percent of the um, of the coastline and archipelagos, and about twenty five percent of the land area <laughs> lie in parks, preserves, or biospheres. Uh, it's quite an intricate park system, and within their within their means, they they do very well at preserving it. I've got a question for you. The sure. bed and breakfast is, is privately owned, right? All the big right. hotels and stuff are government owned. So if you're going there, you better stay in a bed and breakfast because then the Cuban people get the money, not the government. Am I right? Absolutely. Or am I wrong? And, the other, and the other thing is such a it's so much better value. Yeah. Um, it's a fraction of the cost of the hotel room. It's usually much more comfortable. And um, some of them are very quite quite elaborate. For, I mean, for a hundred dollars a night in Havana, you can stay in a palace. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, my buddy from Canada, he keeps wanting me to go down with him. He's got a place down there for tarpon and bone fishing. And this year, I'm going. Go oh, great. Oh, okay, uh, come on down. Uh, let's talk just a, a minute about the cuisine. Uh, I would imagine they have pigs and chickens and fish. But uh, you know, a lot what, of goat. what what is? Oh, do they? The, what you know? Give us an idea about what the food's like. 
Well, the fishing, the, the fish you have to be a little careful with, like you, like you are anywhere. And the main reason is because the Cubans, the Cuban fishermen, don't don't have an abundance of ice, so mm. it can be a little stronger than what you're used to. Mm. Um, for that reason, I mean, it's it's very safe. I've eaten some very good fish meals down there, uh, fresh snook. Of course, uh, there's the red snapper, what they call red snapper, which are mutton snapper. They have two seasons they spawn down there, and they're everywhere, and they're great-eating fish. Um, but I always, in Cuba, I always make sure they show me what they're going to cook or serve me before they cook it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I pretty much almost do that in any restaurant. I, I eat very, I'm very picky about my fish. And um, but you can, you know, great, great lobster too. My goodness, oh, lobster really? on the south side, unbelievable. Hmm. Well, is it kind of like our spiny lobster on the west coast, or it's not? It's not like Maine lobster, is it? It'd be the spiny. No, lobster? it's not. It's not your sweet Maine lobster. Mm-hmm. We have to combat your sweet Maine lobster with stone crab claws. Yeah. Oh, they have, crabs are. Oh, they've got plenty of crabs though. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it sure sounds like, you know, I get to talk to people. And I talk to more and more people that have been down there recently. And some of them, you know, are, you know, I think it all depends on what part of Cuba you see. Some people are not too impressed and others are ecstatic. Yeah, and it, it, you know, it's like any place else. A lot of it depends on what you're looking for. Um, you got to take Cuba. You got to take Cuba at face value, it's, and it's different from just about any other country I've been to. The, the Caribbean, the communist combination, is just a really weird. It created a really weird yeah. uh, place. But it's well, a very one safe of the, location. One and of the, they love Americans. I was going to say one of the things that uh, everybody agrees on is the people there and how much they appreciate Americans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they really do. It's a genuine affection, too. It's not brought on by money. I mean, most of like like Jimmy Buffett said, everybody has a cousin in Miami. Yeah. And it's, it's almost true. <laughs> yeah. No, that's... Uh, John, I'm still waiting for you to come down and visit us. Oh, I would love to. Oh, that's that's on my list, that's for sure. But, We've you been know, talking for, about that for, what, for, three years now? Yeah. First, got to make it to Florida, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> But I guess you can go for a lot. You can go for. We got to go, but we can get you can get down to Cuba now from a lot of direct flights. But uh, all right, well, Phil, we always wanted to talk about Cuba, and I'm sure there's a lot more, some changes that have been happening that we'd like to talk about. So we'll bring you back on for a bigger segment. Yeah, uh, a lot of this information is available on my website, fishcubanow.com. Okay, sounds good. Fishcubanow.com. Go there and uh, check Phil out. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAHA. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we've been talking to uh, uh, Captain Phil from about Cuba. We've only got a couple minutes, but we're going to end it up with Phil. Now, during the break, uh, we mentioned about, I said, should you take cash with you? Can you want to comment on that? Yeah, and uh, the, the currency situation in Cuba is very strange. But let me give you a quick rundown. Cash, you can only use cash as an American. Uh, you can't use your credit cards or ATM cards. So you need to take cash. You can take $5,000 down, no problem, with the Cuban government. Anything over $5,000, they are going to want you to count it in front of them. Mm-hmm. So limit your limit to 5000 if you have to spread it around. You will get on the street, you'll get uh, 90 CUC, which is a Cuban convertible peso, for $100, 90 CUC for a $100 bill. Mm-hmm. So you're going to lose 10% on, uh, on your exchange. By, by converting to Cuban money. Exactly. And there's just really no way around it. You just can't. Some people will take a lot of the power dollars, a lot of the uh, costiculars were taking dollars, even though it's not technically legal, but there's no demand for a dollar now. So that's pretty much ceased. Oh. But anyway, once you get the convertible peso, you just treat it like you would a dollar. And. Um, and whenever you get ready to leave the country, cash them in because it's illegal to take them out of the country and they're worthless anywhere else anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And so if somebody wants to go down there, you said a maximum of 5000 but it sounds like for the prices that you're talking about, even if you go fishing and, and traveling, uh, $5,000 should be plenty. Our typical five-night, uh, five-day package that includes fishing and sightseeing is less than $3,000. Yeah. So it can be done very reasonable. Yeah. 
Well, it's this, these days that's not a lot, especially if you've got a list of places you want to go and things you want to see. That uh, and it sounds like Cuba's a lot more than Havana. I got what it is but, for you, but you know, there's so much to Havana too that you you know you um, a couple of days in Havana go by very very quickly because there's so much to see, mm-hmm. so much to do. Yeah. Uh, why uh, around November fifth to when is the best time to go? Um, it's actually, I like it until about April and May, even though I stay down there usually through June because the Marlin fishing kicks off then. Uh, but July, August, it gets pretty hot. But the other times of the year, it's, it's very pleasant. Uh, you've got a good trade wind down there. So even on the hottest day, you've got a nice cool breeze. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank uh, wants to go down there and take salsa lessons. Can you do that? Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's plenty yeah. of instructors there. Highly, highly trained professionals. There you go, Frank. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, would. I like uh, right after the hurricane season. Oh, the music scene down there is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's out of this world. Very international. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Cuban. Yeah. I always want to bring but, back a truck. Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of people thought, well, I could go down there and get one of these old cars and bring it back. Well, they're worth a lot more down there than they are up here. They've really done the job to this latest surge of Because the American, first thing Americans want to do when they get down there is ride in an old 59 Chevy convertible. Yeah. And uh, so they've really done a great job of restoring them. And you can just see the nostalgia in the back of these people. I mean, they're sitting in the back seat of a car. They probably went driving together when they were yeah. dating. Yeah, you know, and now fifty years later, here they are in the same car. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, the engine and the drivetrain—who knows what it's from? But you know, the body still looks the same, and they're still driving them. Well, it looks like we're about out of time now, for sure. This time, Phil, thanks again. We appreciate that. And it is uh, the website again is. Uh, uh, fishcubanow.com fishcubanow.com and he also has a book out that's fascinating I read it last year 97 miles south he won't put it down but uh, we appreciate that Phil go to fishcubanow and learn out and get in touch with Phil if you don't get all your answers talk to you thank you Phil we appreciate that we're going to let you go go to fishtalkradio.com and then you can listen to the show it's right on the front page as many times as you want and Frank hang in there we'll be back for another hour Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. This is John Hennigan. Of course, we have Frank. Frank, uh, feeling a little rough today, so we appreciate you crawling out of bed and joining us. No problem. Okay. No. Yeah, it sounds like there's a little bit of a problem, but hey, it's that time of the year, right? Yes. That, uh, um, you know, we've got, you know, it just seems like there's more and more places that we have to go to. We spent some time talking to Phil from, um, that's an expert on Cuba, who wants us to go down there with him. Uh, I guess you've been down there, but I sure would like to. It's a lot more, it's a lot more than just Havana. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we got to mention our next real fun trip. It's been we got to redo the the page, so you're not going to find too much information um, on Fish Talk Radio. But you will find this these shows that will be posted up. Uh, usually, Frank or uh, Richard gets them up by by Saturday or Sunday. Um, so you should be able to listen to anything that you missed today. Some pretty exciting stuff. And coming up, we're going to do something a little bit different. It has a lot to do with fishing, but it's looking at it from a little bit different point of view. We're going to be talking to uh, Stephanie, who is Executive Director at Seafood Processors Association in Alaska. And let's, we'll find out a little bit about their point of view. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sounds like a real nice person, and you know these people are trying to make a living. Of course, that it's not an easy easy job. Yeah, you're always blamed. The other side always blames the other side. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back in about thirty seconds. But uh, we're going to have to take a break, and then we're going to come back and and bring Stephanie on. I think you're going to find her very interesting and. She's got a, you know, a lot of knowledge and give a little bit different perspective on uh, the type of fishing, what they do, and how they do it in Alaska. So stay tuned. You're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, Aftco makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says Aftco, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. It's time to enjoy the biggest Southern California reservoir located in Hemet, just 90 minutes from Los Angeles and San Diego. Getting away from the summer heat, fall and winter bring ideal fishing weather, world-renowned for its black bass fishing, also home to the bluegill and red-ear sunfish, rainbow trout, and both blue and channel catfish. Bring your boat or rent one of ours. Tell them John Hennigan sent you, and they'll give you a special gift on California parks. Visit dvmarina.com. That's dvmarina.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we also have uh, Frank on the line with us. He's not up to the weather, but he's joining us today to thank you for helping out as a co-host. And we've got someone that's been on once a couple of years ago, I think, uh, Stephanie Madsen, who is just a wonderful gal. And she's the executive director at Sea Processors Association Alaska. Uh, which is the commercial fishing fleet. And I think it might be nice. I know that uh, as a sports fisherman, you go up there and they go, oh, all of the big halibut are gone because the, you know, the commercial fishermen take them all. Or, you know, the fishing's down because the commercial fishermen took them all. And, you know, I thought we'd bring Stephanie on and let her kind of explain some of the problems that they have and the fish they catch. And, you know, and they are concerned about sustainability. So, Stephanie, why don't you go ahead? Well, I appreciate the opportunity to share with your, um, I was going to say readers, but listeners, I guess, about what's going on up here. As you and I have talked before, Alaska is a big state. Uh, so there's a lot of differences in the different bodies of water. We have the Gulf of Alaska. We have the Bering Sea. And the dynamics of those um, bodies of water are different, as well as the fisheries. As you mentioned, I'm the executive director of the At-Sea Processors Association. We are the large catcher processors for Pollock uh, in the Bering Sea only. And we're pelagic gear. Uh, as your listeners probably understand, pelagic gear is midwater. Uh, that's where the Pollock are, so that's where our gear are, versus the bottom trawlers that are looking for flatfish that are actually, their gear touches the bottom uh, more often than ours would. So, so uh, be like a, a, is that what you call a bottom dragger? Yeah, yep, that's what they call the bottom draggers. And then, of course, you have pots and uh, freezer longliners uh, that are the large catcher processors that use longline gear. And then, of course, you have the catcher vessels that use all kinds of gear. You have long line, trawl, pot, uh, they deliver shoreside. So there's different types of fleets and different types of gears. I think what's interesting up here is, you know, we've always been uh, solidly behind our science. Um, we kind of live and die, obviously, by the science and uh, pretty proud of our sustainability and the, a number of fisheries that have achieved the Marine Stewardship Council and other certifications to demonstrate sustainability. Um, we're uh, cautiously watching the climate change. 
Um, as you and I talked, John, about, you know, just our general weather patterns, I'm here in Juneau, Alaska today, and it's uh, 40-some degrees and raining. Uh, in Anchorage, which is about 800 miles north of me, oh, really? uh, it's cold, and they're suffering uh, icy roads. Um, so we're a big state with a lot of different climates, but uh, we're watching it. Uh, you know, climate change has good and bad things that bring along with it. Um, we're watching the change in some of our species, uh, whether they're actually moving north or not, which doesn't seem to have happened extensively yet because they're going to go where the food is and the food hasn't moved north so much as some people anticipated. But we are seeing a change in the distribution of the different species uh, in the deep water and on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of seeing dramatic shifts in the species, we're seeing different distributions of a species. That is important because, as you and I have also spoken, you know, many of the trawlers and even longliners, they have what we call bycatch, which is species that are incidentally caught that we don't want to catch. Um, primarily those are crab, halibut, and salmon, Chinook salmon. Um, so when the distribution and the water temperature changes, our encounter rates with those uh, bycatch species change. Um, so we have programs up here that allow the industry to develop programs that can make immediately immediate changes in response to these distribution changes. And so that's a positive because we're not uh, we're not waiting for the regulatory system to catch up with us. We're able to do that uh, voluntarily as an industry group to uh, have programs that incentivize our fleets to avoid uh, these species that are critical. Um, well, you, not, you, you do go after halibut. Is there a size, a commercial size limit for halibut? Yes, the halibut, the directed, what we call the directed halibut fishery, uh, has a 32-inch uh, size limit. So they oh. are not allowed to retain anything under 32 inches. That'd be about a 10-year-old halibut then. Well, as you and I also spoke, that may have been the case years ago, but what we have seen primarily in the Gulf of Alaska and somewhat in the Bering Sea is what we call age at length changes. So you're right, a 32-inch halibut might have been a 10-year-old halibut uh, in the past, but they don't, they're getting older, but they don't seem to be getting bigger. Um, we don't know exactly the cause of that, other than logic will tell you that uh, it's either density dependency, which means there's a lot of flatfish down there that are competing for the same food. Um, we don't know whether the 32-inch size limit has you know, impacted over time, uh, taking the bigger halibut out of the system. Um, we don't really know what the cause of that is, but there definitely has been a shift in the size of halibut at certain age. Uh, age. Over what period of time have you seen the shift? Is it from, you know, one year to the next? No, we tend to see that. We, we try to look at trends that are longer than that. I would say we've been monitoring and seeing that over the last decade. 
Well, you know, I, I'm not a scientist, but, uh, you know, I still, you know, used to be they talked about man-made normal global warming, and they quit using that because they found out that it wasn't true. Uh, and they went to climate change. Well, climate change, of course it's true. You I mean, you know, how many, when's the last time you right. saw a dinosaur? But the, um, you know, people think about, you know, they think locally and they think, well, this must be the way it is in the rest of the world. But really, I think the ocean currents, uh, especially up where you are, have the biggest uh, impact on them, right? I think so. I think also the biggest impact to the temperatures in the Bering Sea specifically are ice cover. And as you probably read a lot in the press, the mm -hmm. ice cover is uh, thinner. Uh, it does come down in the Bering Sea as far, you know, as past the Pribilof Islands, for those of you who have a map in front of you. Um, but it doesn't seem to last as long, and it may not be quite as thick. But I will tell you that the trend is warming in the Bering Sea, but the inner annual variabilities are different. For example, it was very cold in the Bering Sea last year. Uh, we had ice that came down and, you know, kind of normal. Um, but, you know, that is the inner annual variability. And, you know, people often look, and rightly so, at long-term trends. And, mm -hmm. and so, um, you know, we have annual stock assessments. Again, we're lucky on the science uh, that can kind of track those inner annual variabilities and, and try to put some points on a chart that helps people understand the trends. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you don't, uh, uh, the perception was they just go out there and take all the big fish that they want. Yeah, no, no, that uh, that uh, just as you know, we have we have hard uh, limits up here on all of our species, and um, you know, for those trawlers that have uh, what we call halibut limits, um, if they reach that limit, they have to stop fishing. Uh, that's the same way with, uh, in my fishery, we have uh, Chinook salmon caps. And if we're not good at um, avoiding Chinook salmon, uh, we have to stop fishing. Mm -hmm. We haven't had to do that because, of, you know, we've been, as, as I talked about, we have these incentive programs that encourage the fleet to move off yeah. of areas. And because we have some real-time reporting, we're able to, you know, quickly adjust. Okay. But it, th those caps could shut down these major U.S. fisheries, and yeah. we want to avoid that. Yes. Well, we're going to have to take a three-minute break, but uh, don't okay. worry. We've got another 12 minutes with you, Stephanie. And, okay, uh, very good. And we've got just a ton of questions, and I'm sure Frank is sitting there biting his tongue and wanting to get some more information. We'll be right back with you on Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to it as much as you like. The best wing shooting is in Nayarit, Mexico. It's absolutely incredible and is only $2,650 U.S. per person. Includes four nights lodging, three days hunting, all meals, non-alcoholic beverages, transportation, bird boys, cleaning and packing of all birds. You'll even be provided, free of charge, a quality shotgun over and under or automatic, either a Beretta or Browning three cases of shotgun shells. Even the tips are included. 
bird season starts soon, so book your adventure today. Contact support at thegrizzgear.com. That's support at thegrizzgear.com. Or call 434-953-8598. That's 434-953-8598. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Let me tell you about a fantastic boutique hotel on Mag Bay called the Mangrove Inn, located on the estuary in Lopez Mateos. This unique hotel will connect you with nature. The whale watching is incredible. They have the best onshore and offshore fishing guides and even bird watching guides. And the estuary fishing. You can even kayak fish the estuaries right from the hotel. The chef will even cook your catch. Check it out at mangroveinbaja.com or call 434-953-8598 to book your adventure. That's 434-953-8598. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan and Frank Selby, and we have a special guest, Stephanie Madsen, the Executive Director at the Sea Processes Association in, uh, based out of Juneau. And I've got a, a, a bunch of questions about the fishing and how you do it and how the fleet system works. But, uh, Frank, do you have any questions before I start? Yeah, one just one simple question. Usually on your uh, quotas, do, uh, is that based on three different things or just what is it based on? Well, we have a pretty extensive system up here to determine what the allowable biological catches are. Uh, we have stock assessments that, uh, you know, the ships go out uh, during the summer and they do stock assessments. And so we have a long um, history or series of data to compare and contrast. And then what we have up here is we have plan teams. Uh, made up of agency and academic scientists that review the stock assessment author's uh, recommendations. And so there's three levels that we look at. We look at the overfishing level. We look at the allowable biological catch. And then those are the science questions. Uh, We are not allowed to exceed the scientist's recommendations on the allowable biological catch. 
the the council, one of the eight regional councils, the North Pacific Fishing Management Council, it's the one that recommends to the secretary the total allowable catch, the tax uh, that we're allowed to actually harvest. Those, again, are not allowed to be exceeded by the scientists-recommended uh, ABCs, the allowable biological catches. We oftentimes can set the total allowable catch at the ABC, uh, but for Pollock, for as an example, uh, the overfishing level in the ABC is quite high, and so uh, we don't we don't harvest near what we could harvest on Pollock for a variety of reasons. But yeah. uh, that system, and then after the plan team, it goes to what we call the Science and Statistical Committee that, again, reviews it. So there's about three or four layers of scientific review annually on each species. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I you should feel very good about the system. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it, sounds like it, it sounds like it's at least as restrictive as the sport fishing. More well, so, one, I think, one, because one, we don't, most of the, the, the two primary, and you know this better than I, although I am a sport fisher, um, I, you know, the two primarily dominant species are salmon and halibut for the sport fish up here. We have right. others, as you know, rockfish, but those are the two primary ones where there is a um, kind of a large commercial directive fleet on those two. Um so those are the two that we really pay attention to, and those are also commercial species. Therefore, they go through the same kind of rigorous science review, although I will quickly tell you that salmon is managed by the state of Alaska, so it's in a different system, and halibut is managed, as you know, by the International Pacific Halibut Commission. So the system that I spoke about, where we have plant teams and SSC, those are actually two species that don't go through that particular um, review because the state of Alaska manages salmon and the IPHC manages halibut. Uh, now, just to kind of get a picture of, of the, the fleet that you're talking about, um, some of those, uh, I wouldn't call them a boat, some of those ships that go out, uh, the ones that actually process on the ship, can you kind of give a quick description about what they are and how big they are? Sure. You know, that, again, um, I, I'm always kind of explaining, and I apologize for it, that we're pretty diverse up here, and people like to look at the Alaska fisheries and, and, and think that we're a lot alike. But we're pretty diverse, just like the state of Alaska is. And so my fleet are the large vessels. Uh, they are, they can be between 200 and 300 feet. Um, they have, uh, they fish pollock primarily, or basically only, uh, up here in Alaska. And they provide, I don't know, there must be 100, 150 people on board. Um, you know, the deck crew and the uh, processor workers and the skippers and the quality control. And, you know, there's about 150 people or so wow. on those boats. Um, and that, those are that's prolic. That's where I focus most of my energy. And, well, and it, it, it seems to me I've noticed that cod and pollock, uh, the prices have gone up. Um, well, yes and no. I mean, pollock, probably the prices haven't gone up as much as, you know, we would hope. Uh, cod is a little bit more of a specific um, 
you know, less dominant. Both of them are whitefish, and you, um, you know, I'm sure you're aware because you're you're interested in fish that we are. Um, we compete in a global market. So when Japan or uh, other countries um, produce a lot, and, and our biggest competitor for Pollock is Russian Pollock, uh, as well as tilapia and, and some of the other uh, products, um, that really is what you know kind of drives the pricing for our products. Cod is similar, um, a little bit smaller quantities around the con- world. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You, you have seen a little bit of an up, uptick, and we're happy about that and wish it would stay. But we're not positive it's going to. Well, if you, uh, if you go to a restaurant and have fish and chips, there's a good chance it's going to be pollock or cod, right? I think in the restaurants, likely it's going to be cod and some of the other um, kind of not all fast foods, but more quick, quicker restaurants it likely might be Pollock, and I think you're going to see more and more Pollock out there. You you might see, if you go to Costco, Pollock burgers. Uh, you have Pollock tacos at some of the restaurants now. I think Pollock is filling a niche uh, for white fish, primarily because it's um, really a protein and doesn't have a fishy flavor, and so you can really make it uh, however you want it to taste. Mm-hmm. And... The uh, we were talking about these these huge motherships. Now, do they do they catch and process all their own, or is there smaller ships that are out harvesting and then they offload on the big ships? Well, there's both. Uh, my fleet is just the ones that catch and process their own product, but there is a sector in the Pollock fishery uh, that has smaller catcher vessels that deliver to a mothership that processes it. Mm-hmm. And then we have the catcher vessels that catch it and then deliver it to a shoreside processor up and down the Aleutian chain or in the Gulf of Alaska. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I, we kind of passed over a little bit is for years you hear about the decline in the really big halibut being caught, and everybody goes, ah, it's those darn commercial fishermen that are bottom dragging that are taking everything and they're taking all the big fish. Uh, but from talking mm-hmm. to you, that's certainly not the case. But was it the case 10 years ago? I don't think so. I mean, we, you know, we... Uh our limits are set by mortality, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily on poundage. And um, I think that for my fleet, because uh, I mentioned we're midwater and and halibut are often on the bottom. Although you know they do, you know they oh, do move, yeah. so they mm-hmm. do go in the midwater. But the primary uh, fishery that intercepts the halibut are the bottom callers, and you know they can sort. And this is what we talked about a little bit. And they have a program right now where they're what they call deck sorting. And so they're trying to uh, find a mechanism um, that can get the big fish back in the water fast. Uh, the smaller hmm. ones are more difficult because they look like the flat fish that they want to catch. Mm-hmm. But the big halibut that come aboard are pretty obvious. If you slow down the process and you've got dedicated workers, um, you can... We're trying to get those halibut back in the water, and so, so that's it, what we call. Yeah, if you pull if you pull up a two hundred pound halibut, you don't keep it. No, no, no. Well, you're not allowed to keep any of the halibut, um, but yes, we're trying to get it back in the water right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as deck sorting gets better, you know, maybe we can get more and more halibut out of there. But um, 
I don't know, you know, and then I think there's a, a little bit of a misconception about, and uh, you know, the big halibut uh, being better eaters. Uh, they, they don't really, the big halibut are female, mm-hmm. so you really don't want to take those now, out. Now, all, all halibut turn into female at a certain point, right? I don't think that true but i don't know you know i'm not a halibut scientist mm-hmm. but i think the big ones are always female but i think that males don't turn into females but i could be wrong mm-hmm. well, i know all of the big ones are females but uh, yeah thing is is that also is that a you know a two three hundred pound halibut um you know, it might be very impressive, but, you know, that fish might be 75 or 100 years old, so the meat is a little dry. It's not like the right. other ones. Right. So I don't think the directed fishermen are really going after those big fish, so to speak, although, you know, we do have a... We do have programs in the North Pacific that don't want you high grading. You know, we call, you know, you can't pick and choose. And if you get something on your hook or you get something in your net, um, we, to the extent that's possible, we expect you to utilize it mm-hmm. um, somehow. We, in the pollock fishery, we have what we call improved utilization and retention to where you are not allowed well, to Stephanie, I, Stephanie, I think that you've educated us a lot about the commercial okay. fishermen. They're not really bad guys. I mean, they're trying to make no. a living, and it's not an easy way to make a living. That's for sure. It's very expensive. It's very harsh. And, and of course, you've got a limited season. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that uh, shows like yours and relationships like ours help. I think the other thing that people, you know, commercial fishermen make the majority of their money by mm-hmm. commercial fishing. Right. But I bet you, um, I bet you a beer that every commercial fisherman is also a sport fisherman. There, there you go. Okay. Do All we right. have to come up to collect the beer? Okay. Um, <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right, Stephanie. We really appreciate you taking the time. I know how busy you are. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to the show. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Frank. Make Lake Hemet your mountain lake escape in the San Jacinto Mountain Range near Idlewild, the bustling summer season has left the lake quiet and peaceful. Perfect for fishing, boating, and RV camping. Visit LakeHemetRecreation.com for details. That's LakeHemetRecreation.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. 
EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we're having so much fun today. We just got finished talking with Stephanie Madsen, who is Executive Director at Seafood Processors at Sea Association in Alaska. Got a little bit different perspective on commercial fishing. They're not necessarily the bad guys that the sport people like to think they are. They don't. They really don't go down to the bottom and take all the big halibut. But... Uh, We've got a, a legend among us, Frank. I know him. I know his dad. Yeah, well, his dad. Yeah, great guy. He gave me my hey, start. Oh, really? Yeah. Start in fly fishing, guiding, or what? On the circuit. On the circuit. Okay. Well, actually, we do have Bart Hall who, when it comes to sport fishing shows, he is the man. Uh, this is not uh, not one of the men. Uh, his dad started the Fred Hall show back when, uh, uh, I guess... 56 uh, years ago. 56 years ago, okay. And how many... Actually, were, actually it was 72 years ago. Serious? What? 72 years ago. Well, how, how many sport fishing expositions were around then? Uh, well, the the story was like this. So, my father went to his boss, who was Mel Morrison, who was eventually ended up being my uh, godfather. And this was in uh, early 1945. He said, uh, "Why don't we do a sportsman show?" The answer from Mel was, "What the hell is a sportsman show?" Mm-hmm. So there weren't uh, there weren't any going on, and uh, not least not out here. And so we did that, uh, and I was born June 27, 1945, and the first show was in April of 1946. Wow, so you were probably there. Well, I was. I don't remember it, but yeah. I was there, yeah. <laughs> and you're still there. Yeah, well, it's, it's still there. It's been in the Los Angeles marketplace for yeah. 72 years. So there was, you know, the first one was at old Gilmore Stadium, which was a, an oval racetrack uh, out, outdoors where they raced midget cars and my dad uh, 
took the telephone poles that were in the infield and made them look like trees, putting some branches on them, and dyed some sawdust green to make it look like grass. Oh. Everything was great until the rain came, and then all oh, of a sudden no. the dye came out of the sawdust. And it was fun. So then yeah. we moved from there over to the Pan Pacific Auditorium, and from there to the Great Western Exhibit Center, from there to... LA Sports Arena, and then to the Long Beach Convention Center, where we've been now for over well, 40 years. and I suspect the reason for you moving was not because the rent was due. It's because you kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We we, we finally, and then uh, we outgrew the convention center, and then they they expanded. So that was that was good, and now we're out of space again. We wish we had more room. So. Yeah. Goes. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about uh, the March show you've got coming up in a minute, and that is, well, definitely the granddaddy, and it's you know it's known everywhere, and the concept of sport fishing. I was talking to somebody they were trying to get on the radio, and he's just finishing up a uh, uh, a show in uh, Las Vegas, and then he's on his way to the East Coast, depending on weather. But you know, it seems like there's more and more of them coming up all the time. Uh, well, I. I'm not sure about that. Maybe uh, maybe there's a trend I'm not aware of. Certainly not in this market. Yeah. You know, we are, uh, no one really wants to take on the Fred Hall shows. So in this market, there isn't, isn't much competition. No, no. But I'm just yeah. talking about over, yeah. throughout the United States, there's, uh-huh. you know, there's dozens of them. Yeah. And, it, you know, yeah. most, most of the people that go to the shows go on a circuit, which starts in January and then goes through uh, your Del Mar show. Yeah, there's, there's there's some good ones across the country. You know, the Yale Waffle shows in the Northwest. We always speak highly of those guys. And there's some folks back east that we think really highly of too. And, and uh, we, you know, but the, some of them, some of them are just uh, folks trying to trying to do something you know, in the smaller market. But um, you know, the Long Beach Show is the largest sport fishing show on the planet, and it's 72 years old. But the Del Mar Show is 42 years old, and it's been in that marketplace, you know, it is it is the the uh, the only the number one boat show, one land boat show. It's the only sport fishing show in that marketplace, and that's the fifth largest market in America. Mm-hmm. So it's a great show. And then we just started two years ago our Central Valley show in uh, in Bakersfield, uh, the Central. Oh Coast. yeah. And, now were you were you that, was it tagging along with somebody or something or what was the story on that? How well, did no, that we, get started? Well, Mike Hatcher is the guy he used to own it. We bought it from him, and he's oh. helping us run it until we get our feet on the ground, and, and that's uh, how that's working. And that turned out to be a really good show. We we were reluctant a little bit to put our name on it because it means you know a certain fishing commitment once we do that, but we did, and Mike Lum did a great job putting it all together and, and uh, pulling everything in, and, and here we are. We're, yeah, we're up and running with guy. three good three well, good fishing ba- shows. Bakersfield yeah. is a pretty small market, but that area, there's a lot of uh, outdoorsmen. Uh, yes, it's actually not a small market because you're pulling from Fresno, Madeira, the whole wide area of Visalia, oh. wide area you're pulling from up there, even over to the Central Coast. And so uh, it's it's a it's a real good show, and and there's a lot of money there, and the, we sold a lot of RVs, a lot of boats, uh, a lot of trips, a lot of tackle. Yeah, it was a real good show. Yeah, right. Well, let's get a, a quick idea. Um, and I, apparently, other ones are similar to yours, but there's nothing the same. We know that. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, and the whole the whole concept of the show it's it's not just a, you know a retail thing where you go and look for something to buy. Uh, you know, people spend a whole day there without spending any money. 
and tell well, our concept has always our concept has always been that we want to provide a full day's worth of family entertainment mm-hmm. for every family that comes. And so, in uh, we have twelve days of shows. In that twelve days of shows, we're going to probably do. Um, uh, we're going to probably do seven or eight hundred seminars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do. Uh, we're we're going to have free trout fishing for kids. We're going to have, uh, you know, Jack Dagger, the King of Flynn. We're have. We're going to have uh, log rollers. We're going to have, well, you know, the lumberjacks. We're going to mm-hmm. have uh, the Great American Duck Races. All kinds of stuff for people to interact and have a good time. And uh, and that's the idea. You know, you got Frank Selby there. Frank goes to these shows and he, he teaches people how to. How to fly cast. Oh, really? And, I didn't know that. Yeah, his dad gave me the start on the pool. Well, and I won't say a, how many years ago that was. But, Mark, don't you either. <laughs> uh, well, Frank is an exceptional teacher. Uh, I, I have the uh, good fortune to be able to watch all these so-called experts teaching people how to cast. And they got them up there, you know, 10, 3, 2, uh, do this, do that. And, and it, you know, and people are struggling. And Frank gets up there. And he has the natural ability to communicate with people, watch their body type, watch their body language, and he'll have them casting a fly uh, really well in a matter of minutes. He's, he's a, an exceptional teacher. Well, I could use some of that, Frank. Yeah, well, you'd be a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, John, but everybody else he can teach. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's some truth Lord to that. Stubborn, uh, Missouri mule. <laughs> well, we're going to go down to uh, Baja pretty quick, and we'll see if yeah. we can do. Last year, when we went down, we didn't get a whole lot of opportunity, but no. uh, we'll see. But we, we had a lot do. of fun. Oh, you got that right. Yeah. Hey, Bart. Yeah, Frank. So uh, the show uh, in uh, Bakersfield. When is that yeah. going to be? That's March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. I'll be there. Oh, good. You'll like that show, Frank. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty good fly fishing show up there, too. Yeah. Uh, just this, I, I want to see my favorite girl. Which one is that? Your wife. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, she'll be Jimmy. there. Jimmy okay. not have any choice. I love Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's well, uh, actually for uh, uh, Bart, it is kind of a family affair you've got going there, isn't it? Well, yes, it has been for a long time. Uh, we don't currently hold the, the uh, senior partnership in it. Someone else does, but uh, we're still minority partners, and all the family uh, well, kind of helps work know, it up. Yeah, so. I know your daughter's the one that writes the checks. Yeah, she is, yeah, yeah. as a matter of fact, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I my daughter-in-law. Like that's Katie. Yeah, like Katie. She's okay. Ma- yeah. Married to Morgan, my oldest son. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, and then Matt. He's. I don't know. He's. He's been there forever, but uh, always got a smile on his face, and he's always taking care of things. Who are you talking about, Mike Lim? Yeah. Has a smile on his face all the time. Oh yeah. I thought it was a frown. Oh. Well. I did too. <laughs> oh. He isn't close, is he? <laughs> Well, and it's 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 great to see uh, Bart at the shows. He's got a little cart that he buzzes around on, and he makes a point of trying to see how many people he can. And of course, how many people I can hit? Yeah. yeah well, of course, everybody's tugging on his sleeve. 
But, um, you know, I don't think we have to go in too much to um, this year's show. We're going to be talking some more about it. But just keep in mind, there are, what, a dozen, couple dozen uh, sport fishing expositions around the United States. And it's worth traveling the distance, you know, to come to Long Beach uh, at the end of March. What's the dates? Uh, well, Long Beach is March 7th to the 11th, and Del Mar is March 22nd to the 25th. And uh, people come from all over the world to go to, to Long Beach. They do. They, they call up in December and want to know the seminar schedules so that they can book their plane fares. And it's, it's an international event. Yeah. Well, and you book your spaces up well in advance. You still got any spots? No, we're actually sold out for Long Beach. And, really? Uh, close to sold out for Del Mar and we're close to sold out for Bakersfield. Wow. So yeah. that means you get to go fishing now. No, so we've got a lot of planning to do and a lot of details to cover. Yeah, you do. We're a very small okay. staff for the size of shows. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to be talking to you more than a couple times before the show itself, but put it on the calendar. The dates again? Uh, the Bakersfield is March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Uh, uh, Long Beach is March 7th to the 11th, and Del Mar is March 22nd to the 25th. Okay, 22 to 25. Okay, well, that's, mm-hmm. that sounds like a pretty busy schedule. All right, yeah. Bart, we've got to go. We appreciate you coming around. As a matter of fact, if you want to hang around, we'll bring you on for a couple more minutes. But uh, we really appreciate that. And it's, What else can you say? It's the biggest and best in the world. Absolutely. Right. You're, too. you're listening. To say, but I'm going to say the same thing over and over again. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio, Fish on Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Listen as much as you want. East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. 
Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Welcome back to Fish Talk and Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have Frank Selby on the line. It's feeling a little bit better. And, Frank, I didn't realize that you that you give uh, uh, fly fishing uh, demos at the, hall, at the hall show. Yeah, I do that, and I also do the bass tank. Mm-hmm. Fly fishing for largemouth bass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we still got Bart on the line. And Bart wants to mention a little bit about Bakersfield. But first, you know, I'd like to make a comment about the whole concept of the, uh, the sportsman's expositions. It's it's a tremendous place. Some of the prices you get on some of the gears there, you know, these people save up all year. And, you know, you can buy things that even though you don't know, even though you didn't know you wanted it, it's so cheap you can't pass it up. But... Uh, and then, of course, if you want to book a uh, a trip for hunting and fishing, I I, get, I don't know if that's become a bigger part of uh, what you're doing. I know you don't have much room, um, uh, Bart, but uh, you know that the concept of meeting the people that actually run the operations and get to know them, and usually the people that go have already been there anyway, but they go back and say hi and make their reservations for this year. Well, the way it works is uh, for a show like Bakersfield, it's the largest fishing show in the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. It's the largest boat show in the Central Valley. It's the largest RV show in the Central Valley. Matter of fact, it's one of the largest RV shows in the Western United States. Uh, it's also the largest travel show in the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. You move down to large Long Beach, and you have that Long Beach is the largest fishing show in the world. Uh, it's also California's largest trailer boat show. Uh, it's uh, the largest travel show in Southern California. And um, then you go down to Del Mar, and you have the largest trailer boat show in San Diego Market, the, the only fishing show, and, again, the, the largest travel show. So mm-hmm. um, that's what we do. We, you know, it's boats, fishing, some hunting, RVs. And travel. Yeah. Uh, we have more hunting in Long Beach than we have in uh, in uh, Del Mar or Bakersfield, but we have some in both. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of our lodges uh, will uh, will book uh, both. So if you want to book a, a fishing or a hunting trip, we're going to be able to do it for you. Okay. And uh, the uh, where was I? I had a great thought, and I just slipped right on through. Well, I got one for him Go real ahead. quick. Mark, isn't when you guys started the show, is where you could have hands on a lot of stuff, and 
the dealers are there to explain everything to you a lot. It's a learning show, too. Yeah, you know, we, we have rules that if you, uh, you're you going to sell something at the show, the factory has to have a at least a 10-foot display. So that means it's not just a swap meet. You get to go there, meet the factory personnel who know more about the product than anything else, check it out, look at, look at it. And we limit the number of retailers. You know, we could have five times as many as we, if we wanted to. We don't. We only take retailers that have relationships with certain factories and we kind of make sure that it all works so that everybody uh, everybody's working together and, and well, yeah this, Bart, the idea I, is to learn about the product more than to buy we're, we're going to have to go but one of the things i want to mention is the show specials um a lot of people especially at the long beach show uh if you've got a lodge in alaska and you've got an empty room you know they got some unbelievable deals i know clover pass resorts got a show special put together already um and of course, you're better off going with me in, in July. We're going to do a real fun trip up to Clover Pass. But, you know, a lot of the uh, the retailers and the travel industry, you know, they they use the uh, uh, the show to either get rid of inventory or fill up empty spaces. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's part, certainly a small part of it. But mostly what we see there is the uh, major factories and major lodges coming yeah. in because this, this is uh, we we booked the bulk of their business uh, there and, and yeah. all the factories uh, release new product at, at the shows and so okay. you know, it's a it's a big part of the industry oh yeah if you want to it's get not just, it's not just the best part if you want to see it's, the whole picture see the new products see everything and yep. anything new in fishing and boating we got it that's it you got the whole picture the biggest yep. in the world okay Bart we appreciate you coming on we'll have you again in a couple of weeks